Hi, I'm Reverend Grant Mansfield. And I'm Rabbi Andy Warmflash. And this, this is Common Grounds. This week on Common Grounds, we discuss the Holy Land. Well, hi, Andy. How have you been? Oh, just just great, Grant. I have to say, you know, I love spring. Mm. I just, and one of the things I love about it is the succession of flowers, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and then the flowering trees and each one following the next. And it's been, we went to Branchbrook Park this year to mm -hmm. see the cherry blossoms, and I was just blown away by how extraordinarily beautiful they were. Yeah, I, I'm so with you on that. I feel that particularly here in New Jersey, is it, it's just so gorgeous when, when spring hits and it, you can feel your whole body thawing out yes. with the world. And, you know, one of my, my selfish pleasures, as everyone knows um, who's been listening, we're, we're tea drinkers and coffee drinkers over here, and I'm the tea person but I have a special kind of Earl Grey tea that I like to pull out during the spring because it has <laughs> lavender mixed into it. It makes me feel very spring-like as I drink <laughs> <great>. my tea. <laughs> That's great. No, it's just, I mean, you can see this is why we have, you know, Passover and Easter falling this this season of renewal. It's just, it, I, I have to say, I, when I was in the park looking at the cherry blossoms, it was a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. It was just profound in its beauty just profound yeah it really is the world has a way of reminding us of things we often like to forget that's about true. the world that's true there's this expression nisim shebechol yom which means mm. the everyday miracles Ooh, i yeah. love that yeah i love that well you know over the last couple months we've had some news coming up around israel and it got me thinking about the complexity around Israel and, and Palestine as a as a political government space and also as a religious community right. space, and I think that's a very important thing we haven't really reflected on much together. So I'm, I'd be curious to hear a little bit about um, from your perspective how you understand the, the the Holy Land for the Jewish people in a religious sense and in a a governmental sense as right. a political entity. Well, I mean, those are two different things, yes. right? I think that Israel is really fundamental to Judaism. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's not simply an idea or a place. And it's not even just a homeland. It's, it's more profound than that. We tie our history to, mm -hmm. to, to Israel in, in, in so many ways. Going back to the you know the time of King David and, and and the establishment of the Jerusalem as the capital of what was then a Jewish state with David as as the monarch and and the Jewish people have lived in the land of Israel continuously since that time. We lost political control, so the Babylonians 
destroy the temple in the year 586 before the Common Era. Jews are exiled to Babylonia. The Babylonians are conquered by the Persians. The Persians let them go back. They build, rebuild the temple. And so it continues really with a Jewish presence and Jewish sovereignty until the time of the Romans, which in the year 70 destroy the temple again. And now there is Roman sovereignty over this land. There's a small revolt in 135, Bar Kokhba, he gets quelled. And that's pretty much it for Jewish sovereignty. You know, and it's uh, 1900 years, something like that. But during that entire time, Israel and Jerusalem have been at the center of Jewish life. Every time we have a Passover Seder, we end next year in Jerusalem. Mm. Every time we say the grace after meals, we ask God to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Our prayers constantly talk about the return of the exiles to the city of Jerusalem, and so on and so on and so on. Mm. So it's, it's extraordinarily central. And that takes us to 1948. Mm. when the United Nations decides to establish this state of Israel, permits it to be established. And then there's a huge war because the nations surrounding Israel do not accept this. Israel fights a war of independence and wins it, though it is surrounded by seven hostile states. To me, that win and the reestablishment of the Jewish state is a modern miracle. The return of the Jewish people to sovereignty over the land which has been our hope and dream for millennia is miraculous. And then they do something even more miraculous. Mm -hmm. They decide, okay, we're back. We'll just pick up speaking the language we spoke when we left. And so Mm -hmm. an entire country learns Hebrew which was not a spoken language for 2,000 years. Everybody learns it. And not only do they learn it, then they have to figure out words for things like supermarket. The internet. (laughs) Right, well, it it just goes on and on, right? So this country, which, you know, it's, it's like seeds that have remained dormant for centuries and suddenly there's, there's new life, right? So, Israel means two things, and then I'm going to stop talking, right? (laughs) Israel means two things, I think, and there are two visions of it. One is that it is a place where Jews who have been persecuted through our entire history have a home. Mm. It was our traditional home. We go back. There's an army to defend us, you know. There is a place where we will unconditionally be accepted back Mm -hmm. when we're persecuted. Um, So there's that. And there's also the idea that Israel should be a sort of a light in the world. It Mm -hmm. it should be a center in which the best values are are identified and lived out. The first one, I think, is is certainly the case. Mm -hmm. The second one is very much aspirational. Yeah. Well, as most things are in humanity, yes. when we try and yeah. look into the beloved right. community. So now that I've given you a couple of thousand years of Jewish history, but, well, no, I appreciate it. It's 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 beautiful. You know what I what I heard coming forth from me and what I see visually in front of me is just the depth of how meaningful this space is. It is truly sacred space yes. for you and for the Jewish people, and and I think that's 
very much common ground that our two faith traditions share. I mean, for a different reason for Christians, but we also hold such a Jerusalem in particular and some of these right. other so cities. Right, so I want to yeah. hear about, I mean, I think it's worth acknowledging that this is also sacred space for Muslims, right? It, yeah, right. with Muhammad, but, yeah. But we, since we don't have someone here to, to clue us in, yeah. I want to hear about Christianity and and the role that this plays. Yeah, so for us, the, so much of the sacredness, part of it, 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 it kind of comes into two places in my mind. It comes out of two places. The first, it, it comes out of the continuation of our history and rootedness in the Jewish faith, right? When we talk about our ancestors of faith as Christians, we're inclusive of Abraham and Sarah mm-hmm. and Hagar and all these others. Right. So, so there's that special sacredness of this is where our, our spiritual ancestors walked before. So, so that that reverence and sacredness comes over from our shared history. And also, alongside that, for Christians, we have the ministry of Jesus in all these spaces. Yes. So Galilee and Bethlehem and Damascus and in and, and Jerusalem, I mean, the, the holiest of holiest moments for our faith tradition happened there um, with Jesus's final days and his crucifixion and his resurrection. You know, Jesus's his whole life and ministry was spent in this space. So that's why it holds special significance for Christians. And I think just like anything else that is special and sacred, when you mix it with human beings, it can get muddy and, and messy. And, you know, you talked about the the history from the Jewish perspective over the land of Israel. And I look at, you know, some of the not so good things that the Christian faith have done to try and hold that sacred space too. The Crusades right. directly come to mind. I mean, we were oh, well, we want this for ourselves. Let's go take this. So it, it, it's an interesting thing when I think, when when there are three major world religions that attach such sacred specialness to this, to this land, that I think is navigated a little bit easier than what we currently see in kind of the more secular side of this. And this is where I'd be curious, I, I've got two questions I'd want to reflect on with you. And the first of this, it, it comes out of the, the faith portion of, of God giving the land of Israel to the Jewish people in perpetuity. It, and I'm curious to hear a little bit more how you understand that in, in this modern context when, yes, there's a spiritual home there, but now there's this governmental entity, and you talked about it being a place of protection for the Jewish people, and yet we see such conflict and division there. I, I'm curious how you navigate that or understand that specialness of the Jewish people's attachment to and rootedness to the land of Israel, knowing that there are these other religious communities and other peoples who currently live in the yes. space as well. Yes. And and as you say, it's complicated. I I will say, well, a couple of things. Mm-hmm. The first is I think that Israel at its best and, you know, it depends on the government and what's going on, but has been incredibly respectful of other religious traditions, mm-hmm. something which didn't exist before. You know that, to give you one example, you know, so so, the city of Jerusalem, much of it was under the control of the Jordanians through up actually to 1967, right? And then Israel goes in, there's a six-day war, and so what do they find? 
they find that the Jordanians have completely desecrated the Jewish cemeteries, which which mm-hmm. face right, and they've used the tombstones to pave roads. Jews were not allowed in the land of Israel to go up to the the cave of the Machpelah where the um, where the patriarchs and matriarchs are buried. They weren't allowed to come to it. Mm. You look at the Israeli government today, and they guarantee the freedom of. You know, it was a decision after Israel conquered Jerusalem in 1967. Um, what did it do with the Temple Mount? Mm-hmm. And some people said, well, we got it. It's ours. Mm-hmm. And in fact, someone put up a flag, an Israeli flag, at the top of the Temple Mount where mm-hmm. the Al-Aqsa Mosque is. And they were immediately ordered to take it down. Mm-hmm. And Israel insisted that the, that the Muslim authorities in Jerusalem maintain control over that sacred space. Yeah. Right? So I, I think that Israel's record in general has been extremely good. Mm-hmm. in recognizing, and, and that's true of Christian sites too, right? Yeah. The, the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, all of these yeah. sites are under the control of religion. Now, sometimes those religious authorities disagree among themselves. It's the whole f- question of repairing the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and different religious, different Christian groups have different parts of it and they fight with each other sometimes over what can be repaired and who can go where and all of that. Yeah. But the Israeli government has, thankfully, and and who knows what the future brings, right? But yeah. they've been extremely respectful of that. They haven't said essentially, hey, this is our land, get out, or we can do what we want to do. Yeah, there, there does seem to have that, that freedom of, of flow in, in terms of religious and faith pilgrimage into the space. But this also taps into the second question that I have, and I think it steps out of the, the, the faith component of this, and it goes into more of the social, political situation there, yes. where we see... The settlements going, yes. going on within this, and and when we look at you know the the cry of the Palestinian people within this, and and I'm curious how you understand that in relationship with this faith right. piece of it. Right. So, I mean, I'm, now I'm speaking personally. There is no question that the Palestinians, you know, there are those people who say, well, there was never a Palestinian people. Well, that's mm-hmm. not true, and certainly whatever their history is, there is now. They are like the Jewish people. They are indigenous inhabitants Mm -hmm. of this land. And we need to find a way for these two states to coexist. And there are difficult issues, particularly around Jerusalem and sovereignty over Jerusalem. And can you have two countries with the same capital and and all of that? The, The problem with settlements is that they are attempting to create facts on the ground which will make that those two states much more difficult to achieve mm-hmm. because we they need to separate and there need to you know if there are lots of settlements in land which needs to go to the Palestinians and you know how is that going to happen mm-hmm. so settlements are extremely problematic there is a sense in Israel the problem is that there's no one, not that we don't want peace, but there's no one to make peace with. That mm-hmm. attempts to create solutions ultimately have failed from the Israeli point of view because of the unwillingness of the Palestinians to accept them. Going back to Arafat and to a deal that was negotiated and he walked away from, there's a sense that the 
the Palestinian governments are weak and corrupt. Um, and then there's Hamas, mm -hmm. right, in the okay. Gaza Strip, which, you know, part of it is that they are dedicated to the destruction of Israel. Yeah. Not, not completely. And it's worth remembering that Israel used to control Gaza and left voluntarily. Yeah. And now there is this terror state, right, yeah. which treats its own people terribly and, you know, launches missiles from schools and hospitals. And it's horrific, yeah. right? So what do you do mm -hmm. in this situation, right? How do you deal with not having a partner? So there is this vacuum, mm -hmm. right? And into this vacuum have rushed some bad actors, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're the ones who say, oh, yeah, God gave us this land. It's all ours. These people don't belong here, all of that. And they, and they have this vision, which doesn't include the Palestinians, and that's terrible. Yeah. But there is also the sense that the way Israel gets criticized as an apartheid state and this and that really does not reflect the nuances of this situation. I'll give you an example. I was struck in the, in the paper I read this that last week, I think it was, that, the, that New York University, NYU, decided to establish a, 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 some kind of uh, school or presence in Jerusalem. And like a hundred professors at NYU started demonstrating and, and, you know, this is terrible and what about the Palestinians and how can you do this? And why you established such a place in China? Yeah. <laughs> there was no complaint, right? I mean, the way human rights are treated in China, it, right? There Horrendous. is this kind of yeah. double stand. I'm not defending, not saying everything that's done, right, is is right, but but it. I don't think criticizing the government of the state of Israel is anti-Semitism, mm -hmm. but I think there is criticism that is anti-Semitic, and that's very difficult. Yeah, it is, and like you said, it's such a complex space, and you know, something we haven't named in this, you, you mentioned when the United Nations created right. the political entity of Israel, but we need to name what was the cause of that, right? I mean, there is, at least in my understanding of Jewish history, there are always some sort of movement in, in certain parts of the Jewish community to, to do these returns back to the Holy Land, but it's coming off the Holocaust when there needs to be this yes, a, a that, space within Right, that. so there is that sense, right, that the Jews need this homeland, and mm -hmm. it was our homeland, and the British are very resistant, mm -hmm. um, and in fact, you know, Jews come in, uh, you know, secretly and so on. But remember also that... It, when the war broke out, Jews were physically expelled from all of the Arab countries. Yeah. And the, the majority of people who go, if it's not the majority, it's a very significant minority, mm -hmm. they didn't experience the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. They were Middle Eastern Jews mm -hmm. who lived you know, in the countries that then attacked Israel when it was established. Mm -hmm. So this idea that somehow this was because of the Holocaust or this was how the world responded to the mm -hmm. Holocaust is not entirely so clear. Yeah. For me, when I look at this, there's a lot of that privilege and power that comes out of European 
uh, colonialism that that kind of comes out of this almost like it, it, in my mind when I look at this I see these European powers that in many ways neglected and didn't create these safeguards to protect people the Jewish people in particular for a long time it, like I, I ponder if part of this movement was to assuage some European guilt for for what happened but then seeing how it's created this political well, I mean, mess there, right? Within entering yes. into a space so, they didn't right. understand and just creating Ex- something. Except remember that there had been a history that goes way before the before the establishment, uh, before the Holocaust, mm-hmm. of you know uh, the Balfour Declaration, mm-hmm. right? Which which stated from the British government saying that the Jews had a right to be there. There, I mean. It, it, to see this as oh well, they felt guilty about the Holocaust, and you know, uh, I I just that's a piece of it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's most of it, and I I do resist strongly this idea that it's somehow colonialist when you take an indigenous mm-hmm. people and you allow them to return to their land, mm-hmm. you're not being colonialist. Well, and let me clarify what I'm saying. That I, I'm not saying the the people who then went. I'm thinking in this mindset of artificially drawing boundaries around things that they don't understand. Like when I look at the current tensions that we're seeing on the particular land piece, I I ponder if there was any in-depth conversation of what does this look like to return or to create this avenue for people to return back to this sacred land. And how do you do that? when there's already people in the land and and that that's what I'm referring to in in that sense. Yes. Uh, And, and I think it's a fair point. This is not the only place that the United Nations did such things, right? Uh, We have India and Pakistan. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we also see how that goes. (laughs) The idea of dividing and creating borders, right? This had been the Ottoman empire (laughs) and then the British broke it up. Right. I mean, so yes, I, don't know that that's a European thing. Mm-hmm. I do think it is done by the winners, by people that's in power. Um, but what is, see, what, what's troubling about this is that it always comes back to the Jews where it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it somehow that's in a different category. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. we're out of time here. Yeah, way over. we 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 are out of time, but I'm glad that we went over a little bit more on this one because yeah, I, I it, it it's a it's a heavy topic and it's an important one and I'm sure that we'll still have questions that come up on this. But just thank you for diving deep with me in it. I know that this is a space where I think it's it's just complicated for everyone involved and there's a lot yes. of emotions in it. Yes. So thank no, you for and, being and vulnerable I, with I it. I thank you for raising the questions you have. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I think it's complicated and um, I don't think truth is to be found in any particular unique place. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Well, my friends, um, we're done for today. Uh, we invite you to join us next time. We'll be posting our next episode a day later. So, not in two weeks on the Wednesday, but on the Thursday, because we're recording it live. And the topic will be about slavery um, within scripture. Um, and we'll follow that up in two weeks with the second part, which is the understand our 
conversations around reparations in relationship to, to slavery in our faith. Well, I, I can't wait to talk to you about those things. And it's going to be great to have a live audience when we do it. We're really yeah. kind of taking this podcast to the next level Agreed. in many ways. Yeah. So I, I want to thank everybody for listening to us. And uh, please spread the word about the podcast and uh, like us where you get it. Um, review us if you can. And look forward to... Uh, to continuing. I also want to mention the fact that we are currently developing a website and that will enable us to hear from you and mm -hmm. your comments. So look for that coming up as well. Yeah. Until then, shalom, y'all. <laughs> shalom. <laughs>